Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is December 14th. Today we're going to continue in Moroni chapter 10 and continue with Moroni's promise that is found there. Yesterday we talked about verse 3. We talked about the idea of the Book of Mormon teaching us about the mercies of God and how Heavenly Father wants us to ponder on those mercies and ponder on the Book of Mormon before beginning Moroni's challenge as found in verses 4 and 5. Today we're going to talk about verse 4 and more of the things that we're expected to do if we are to obtain a witness for ourselves of the truthfulness of all things. So to start out, let's read verse 4. It says, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true, and if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, there are a couple things that I think are really interesting in here. One interesting point that's not life-changing but kind of cool is where it says that if these things are not true. Now, that sounds weird. That rings weird to our ears, right? That we're supposed to ask if these things are not true. That's not generally how we speak in English. Generally in English, you would say, ask if these things are true. But that phrase, as much as critics have tried to use it to dispute the Book of Mormon, that phrase is actually a cool testament of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. As strange as that phrase, if these things are not true, sounds in English, that's actually what's called a Hebrewism. That is a very common way to phrase something in the Hebrew language. If he were writing the Book of Mormon in English, the way you and I speak, he would have said, if these things are true. However, because he was translating this book and not writing it, he says, if these things are not true. So that's kind of just a cool thing. Again, not going to lead to your salvation, but just a, a neat little side note about that verse. Now, something else that I find interesting here is that Moroni gives us work to do. <laughs> He gives us kind of homework assignments. He says, look, if you want to understand the truthfulness of this record, if you want to understand the truth of all things, here is what you need to do. You need to do X, Y, Z. Now, it's interesting because I believe that Heavenly Father wants all his children to know the Book of Mormon and to know the truthfulness of it. So why does he have this formula? Why does he ask us to do things? Why not just say, hey, read the Book of Mormon and I will overwhelm you with the spirit that it's true? which does happen for some people. Why give us the work? My friends, I believe the answer to that is found in 2 Nephi chapter 2, where Nephi teaches us that God created all things, both things to act and things to be acted upon. You and I, my friends, by nature of being God's children, we have divine agency, and our Father in heaven placed us on this earth to act. He does not want to act upon us. So rather than us reading the book and him just bestowing this testimony, he asks us to act. He asks us to use our agency. And as we put forth that agency, as we put forth that effort, then we receive the gifts and blessings that follow. I found that in my efforts as a teacher and in my efforts as a missionary and in my efforts in my different callings in the church, that same principle is true of most things. If as leaders or teachers or missionaries, we simply tell people what's true or what isn't, or we tell people information, 
generally it's not going to make much of an impact. However, if we invite people to use their agency and to do things, then it allows for the Holy Ghost to testify to them in new and powerful ways. And that's exactly what is being done here. Moroni, understanding this, invites us to do some things. He gives us the homework. He asks us to put in the effort so that we can receive the reward. So let's take a look at specifically what we are asked to do here. First of all, like we talked about yesterday in verse 3, we have to reflect upon the mercies that we have read about and studied about in the Book of Mormon, and then we need to ponder on those things. And then in verse 4, it tells us that we need to ask God in the name of Jesus Christ if things are true. But it's not enough to just ask. We have to ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, and having faith in Jesus Christ. And I think it's really important that we recognize those things. As a missionary or as a teacher, I had plenty of students or investigators who prayed to know if things were true, but not so that they could change, not so that they could know, not so that they could have a burning testimony, but so that they could satisfy their curiosity, so that they could know things from an academic point of view. That's not what this means. To have a sincere heart and real intent with faith in Jesus Christ means something more. In an article called A Sincere Heart and Real Intent, Elder James M. Martino tells the story of his childhood and his conversion. He says, Moroni tells us that by the power of the Holy Ghost ye may know the truth of all things, but he does not promise that you'll know something is true because you're curious. You have to have a sincere heart and real intent. You have to be willing to make a commitment to change once you receive your answer. Revelation is a gift from God, and it is not to be taken lightly. When we receive revelation, we also receive a responsibility to do something with that revelation. I believe that Heavenly Father, in a merciful way, does not just give us revelation when we are curious and not willing to act upon it, because then we will be held accountable if we failed to make the change. In His own way, as a loving father, he's given us the opportunity to find out for ourselves if these things are true. But we have to be willing to say, like Lamoni's father, I will give up all that I possess to know that these things are true. I love his definition of real intent and a sincere heart. And I love his explanation of the tender mercy that it is for the Lord to not give that revelation to people who are not willing to act on it that he doesn't reveal the truthfulness of these things to people who aren't willing to make the change because he doesn't want them to be accountable to make changes that he knows they're not willing to make. I love that explanation, and I love that show of mercy from our Father in heaven. Moroni then goes on to say that God will manifest the truth of it unto us by the power of the Holy Ghost. I love that he uses the word manifest there. He doesn't use the word reveal in vision or teach us or revealed to us. He doesn't use any of that. He uses the word manifest, which by definition means to demonstrate or to show. I feel like oftentimes we misunderstand Moroni's promise. We feel like we finished the Book of Mormon. We're going to get down on our knees. We're going to pray. And then we are going to receive by some great and grand revelation the knowledge that the Book of Mormon is true. Now, for some people, it happens that way. And that is awesome for them. I'm jealous of that because for the majority of people, like most things in the gospel, that revelation, that manifestation comes to us line upon line 
and precept upon precept. The first time I finished the Book of Mormon, I was so excited to act on Moroni's promise. And I knelt down and I asked if it was true. And I didn't really feel much. And so I continued to pray and I said, Heavenly Father, why are you not telling me that this book is true? And so distinctly came the revelation, Lindsay, I have been telling you it was true all along. We are told that by the gift of the Holy Ghost, we can know the truth of the Book of Mormon. But we are not told how our Father in Heaven is going to manifest that to us. And for most of us, it is not a single, life-changing, grand event. For most of us, it's the small experiences with the Holy Ghost that will show us and demonstrate to us the truthfulness of the book. Elder Pinnaker once said, If we, like the Savior, have the faith to put our trust in our Father in Heaven, to submit to His will, the true Spirit of Peace will come as a witness and strength that He has heard and answered our prayers. My friends, I testify that more often than not, our prayers are answered. Our petitions for understanding and knowing truth are answered, not in the moment that we offer them, but as we get up and as we continue to put our faith and trust in our Father and in His Son and continue to go about doing good. As we do that, those feelings of peace and comfort, those feelings of hope and joy, those witnesses of the Spirit will come into our lives, into our minds, and into our hearts. I testify that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God and that He is anxious to teach us the truthfulness of it, whether it's in the moment or line upon line. The truthfulness of the book is the same. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.